Hello and welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your Colorado Rockies podcast. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. With me today will be Ronnie Court from Mile High Sports Radio. Of course, you know him as well. We've had an opportunity to have him in almost every single week this season. We'll continue to do that. And we'll have to mention, of course, our sponsors, Tap 14. Make sure that you visit them. I'll be visiting them on Thursday when I record live, as I do after day games uh, at Coors Field. They're just a stone's throw away, 1920 Blake Street, at the top of Haters & Co. The rooftop bar has 70 Colorado beers on tap. They have 100 distilled Colorado spirits, and they have a terrific menu uh, that is absolutely delicious, whether you're just looking for snacks or whether you're looking for a full meal. It's terrific before and after the game. You'll catch me there quite a few times, whether I'm recording there or not. So if you're thinking about going down to the Rockies game, skip the traffic. Just come over to Tap 14. And then uh, enjoy your time and you know, take an easier ride home. So, Ronnie, who you can follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, got an interesting conversation to talk about with the Colorado Rockies. Yes, they're, they're an it, interesting team. Well, they're a very interesting team. They're leading the National League entirely. And now it, it seems a little uh, tenuous only because the Rockies, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks are... All over 620 winning percentages. It's yeah. the latest in history since divisional play started in 1969 when three teams in the same division have a 620 winning percentage or better. And it could basically be 630 because the Diamondbacks, as we record this, are sitting there at 629. So it seems like maybe the Rockies are in a more tenuous position than they really are. They're almost 10 games ahead of the Cubs for the wild card spot. But the national media hasn't quite caught on to that. Tony Kornheiser, uh, a guy who, uh, quite frankly, I really like and think that he's better than this comment, called the Rockies frauds propped up by altitude. Yeah, a uh, a typical shock jock style uh, comment made. From, um, from a guy who doesn't often do that. You know, it, it's, it's, it's outrageous to say that this team is a fraud because, one, they're playing in a division that we just went over. Uh, three different teams that lead the NL – in record, the three best records in the NL, which is very rarely uh, a thing that actually happens. And so uh, the Rockies, um, they're not frauds. They're a good road team. We've talked about that already. Uh, this is a team with a lineup that, you know, many lineups you're feared from two, three, and four, the heart of your lineup. Uh, this is a team where outside of the pitcher, this is this is not a team that you can just say, oh well, you can lay up from five, six, seven, and eight. Um, they they have catchers that are battering three hundred. I mean, this right. is you know this is a a Rockies offense that is very good. They're getting quality starts from pitchers. Um, they are the farthest thing from a fraud. Yeah, this is a, a team that up and down the order has power, has the ability to hit for average. It really has been very impressive. In the month of June, they lead all the majors, actually. 6.3 yeah. runs scored per game uh, over the month of June. So the idea that the Rockies would somehow wear down and not be particularly effective over the season, that hasn't been the case, and they have endured their share of injuries. So uh, to me, that that just seemed a bit like it was a lazy analysis I understand if, if there is a criticism, and I understand it. Look, in, in Colorado, we, we get the flyover state garbage a lot. There is something of a desire to want to get better attention, want to have uh, the people who cover these, these sports nationally look at Denver and say, hey, look, this is legit. If you wanted to make an argument, if Kornheiser wanted to make an argument and say that this is an, a team that hasn't done it before, so I need to see them do it a couple times before I buy into it. Sure. That's not unfair, but the idea that they're frauds, just what you point out, you've got to be kidding me. So again, June alone, 13 and four, 
in June. Their, their pitching ERA for the whole staff, bullpen and starters, 3.74, third in the entire major leagues. Offense, as we said, lead the entire major leagues. Oh, by the way, it's not just there. It's in defense, too. Fielders are leading in defensive runs saved as well. So this team really is uh, hitting on all cylinders. It's not a fraud, but now they go into a very interesting stretch after sweeping the Giants and some of those being in a little tighter, more interesting fashion than they wanted. Yeah. Now they go ahead and face Arizona and the Dodgers, and then they'll go with Arizona again to take them just up almost to the all-star break. A huge stretch in the NL West where the schedule to me looks less like they have to prove that they're not frauds, but more as an opportunity to make a statement compared to the other teams in this division. Well, and I'll, I'll go a step farther. I mean, we've always talked about in the past being the Rockies, and I understand there is a historic past of the Rockies at this point trying to prove themselves, trying to run with the big dogs. I think this is more of a a culture. This goes back to the culture change and the mindset changing. This is now time for the Rockies to put the foot on the throat of the division. Uh, the sweep of the Giants was great, but the Giants, let's face it, they are the seller team in the NL West. This is their opportunity to not be the the uh, uh, not not face up against the benchmark of the Dodgers or the the Diamondbacks. This is their time to be the benchmark. This is time for them to be the premium team in the NL West to distance themselves between uh, the the Dodgers and Diamondbacks because as great as a, the season the Rockies have had, uh, the Diamondbacks and Dodgers are nipping right on their heels. They're nine and one in their past ten uh, as of this recording, and uh, you're talking about a NL West that is very very good and. And there is very little um, uh, there's very little room for mistake in this division and because you go on a two three game losing streak where a couple of your rookies maybe hit a wall bats don't wake up and all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're third in your division right. so it's it's a it is a important I guess we call this a divisional stand because they don't play anybody outside the division until July 3rd. Right. And not, while the Padres are not included in that for division, uh, they do get the Giants. They do get and they've swept the Giants. They do get the uh, Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Now, we'll, we'll focus primarily on this Diamondbacks series because when we record again on Thursday, down at tap 14, we'll have an opportunity to maybe dig into that Dodgers series uh, a little better. They're taking on the Mets if you're going to be scoreboard watching, so that's a pretty good uh, a matchup for the Dodgers. You can expect that they'll probably be uh, coming uh, sure. along just fine by the time that the Rockies will eventually meet them. But looking at the Diamondbacks, no, they they don't have A.J. Pollock. That's a guy that's that's missing because of injury, and it's uh, you know it's a significant problem. He's a tremendous, tremendous player. In fact, it seems to have suffered a bit of a uh, – a bump in the road in his rehab assignment, uh, still trying to get better from that uh, quadricep injury. He hasn't been able to do it. But it doesn't mean by any stretch that the Diamondbacks are punchless on offense. Paul Goldschmidt might be the best pure hitter yeah. in all of baseball, and he's a devastating batter to have to face. Right now, hitting 324, 16 home runs, 57 RBIs, and then the impressive you know, 57 strikeouts to 47 walks. Oh, and in in case you thought that was it, he's also stolen 13 bases. Yeah, I think Goldschmidt's so, one of those guys that doesn't get the attention because of where he plays and location. Like Colorado much does. like what Colorado hitters do, absolutely. Goldschmidt's a great, great hitter. Yeah, he's phenomenal, so the, you know that that anchors it too, but this is another team that has decent power. Jake Lamb with it also with 16 home runs. It's not a team that is as power-heavy, but it's a team that actually bats with a really 
strong batting lineup. They, they do have pretty good averages, and they're a, actually a pretty patient group, especially compared to the Rockies. The Rockies are a, a swing-and-miss type of squad. That's not a huge surprise is what we expected. Uh, the Diamondbacks a little bit less so. Now, when you look at this matchup, and we'll start the, the series off today with Marquez versus Zach Greinke, this is a matchup that happened before, back in May. The Rockies have won four of their six they've played thus far against Arizona, but they did play back in May. Granke got the better of the Rockies in that one, and look, the odds are he may do it again. He's an outstanding pitcher, one of the best in the league, and this is going to be a pretty decent matchup for him against the rookie in Marquez, who's been a little bit wobbly in June, as you'd expect. It seems to me that if they lose this first game of the series, that doesn't mean that much. If they come back and they play well in the next two, which will have Jeff Hoffman and Antonio Senzatella, respectively, facing off against uh, lesser pitchers uh, in, in those series. You'll be talking about Tywin Walker, who's a phenomenal uh, talent, but it hasn't put it quite all together yet. And then Zach Godley in the, in the finale with, against Senzatella, who's got nine wins. So if they lose tonight against Granke, I don't think that's a problem necessarily. If they win... That's the kind of statement that can carry the Rockies through yet another series, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those games and one of those series where, again, you're just scraping for that two out of three. You know, it's it's consistently winning series is back and forth. But the Rockies have shown that they can beat good pitchers. I mean, we've talked about it previously on this podcast between uh, Bumgarner and Kershaw and Cueto. I mean, they can get this is an offense that is good enough that can run up against any pitcher and really execute very well. However, I mean, we talk about Zach Greinke as a very, very good pitcher. This is where I really want to see the Rockies' offense put the ball, put the bat on the ball. Uh, we, you've talked about this previously. Strikeouts are just absolutely killing this team throughout the year. We saw in the Giants' sweep, the final game, everybody wants to talk about the Arenado homer. It was a fantastic play. It was a uh, uh, Father's Day completes the cycle of sweep. It doesn't happen without uh, Tapia putting the bat on the ball. It doesn't happen without Blackman's perfectly placed hit. It doesn't happen without DJ uh, getting on base. So it's that kind of run where the Rockies can just immediately outburst on this offense for big runs, but it's it's putting the bat on the ball and avoiding those strikeouts where just you get nothing out of it. And that's been a big problem with this Rockies offense this year. And good pitchers like Grenke, they take advantage of those, and then you get the short innings for him, and then he goes seven, eight innings, and all of a sudden now you, don't have, you have a fresh bullpen that Arizona has for the rest of the series. It can domino into games two and three, so it's really important to make contact, allow the ballpark to play to your advantage, and uh, they can get hits on Grenke. Yeah, the Rockies fifth in the uh, in the NL in strikeouts, and that's that's bad. You want to be near the bottom. Yeah, that's not very good of no. that. Uh, and when you look at the situation in walks, where you'd like to be at the top of it, the the Rockies are not in a, a necessarily a great situation there. The 615 strikeouts as a team this season uh, to the 209 walks. That's 11th. So the, their ratio is somewhat poor. And we, like we said, we knew this was going to be a swing and miss team. But you are absolutely right in pointing out that when you face the Grankies, when you face the Kershaws, the guys that that the Rockies are going to run into on this kind of uh, run through the division, these are the guys that can put you away if they get ahead of you in the count. So, I mean, you look at the opposing pitchers, 
Uh, Granke is phenomenal, but even that Walker is a, a fireball. Walker can strike you out. Uh, then you go over to the the series later on. You have Kershaw. You have Brandon McCarthy, uh, formerly of Colorado Springs. Alex Wood seven and Alex Wood yeah. seven and zero. And and even look, you go back to the uh, to the Giants to finish that run off. You'll have Jeff Samarja, who we know uh, the Rockies have gotten over. He's having a terrible year, but if you if you swing and miss and you let him get ahead of the count, he can put you away. So. This is something I think the Rockies really need to tune up is find a way to get the bat on the ball and not have those empty outs. And two of the guys that are, are having maybe the biggest struggle with that, very important members and cogs in this machine, or they're at least supposed to be, that's Carlos Gonzalez and Ian Desmond. When you look at the two of them, and let's just look at this month, there's been subpar seasons for both, of course, and, and we know that Desmond got a, a slow start because of his injury, but... These are numbers that are that are just uh, ugly. I mean, you're talking about in, in the the month specifically when you look at Desmond. Desmond is is sitting there with a, a handful of walks and a tremendous number of strikeouts. So this is really a, a bit of a problem when you look at uh, Desmond. The 15 walks to only five. Or, sorry, 15 strikeouts to only five walks, and that's in only 63 at bats. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez has turned that around. He actually has had the 10 and 10. So that's a bit of a sign where you say, all right, he's seeing the ball better, right? He's got 10 walks and 10 strikeouts. Well, not so fast. He's hitting 149 on the month. Uh, for the Rockies to continue to sustain the kind of numbers they have, these two guys uh, basically their, their longtime best player or one or two players and the guy they spent $70 million on in the offseason, they have to start kind of pulling their weight here, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and I, I want to really magnify on Carlos Gonzalez here because Cargo is really the guy that uh, is kind of the heart and soul of the clubhouse. And there's a little bit of a, um, I, I don't want to say a influence that he has possibly on other hitters when he's swinging poor or has a, a down attitude or whatnot, but uh, he really kind of leads them, um, you know, verbally, and, and he has struggled a lot. And there's a lot of that swinging with the uppercut, swinging for the fences, and I, uh, trusting that he can hit those very deep homers, and he knows he can do that. But again, putting the bat on the ball, and that's been a problem. And this may go back to the the contract situation that is going on with him right now. We're not sure if he's going to be here long term. Does and, it look to you that he's pressing? Well, it, it feels like it. And, you know, I, I go back to using a golf analogy. Uh, when you when you absolutely want to play well, and you know you're kind of in a, a pressure situation, you grip the golf club a little bit tighter. You you kind of tense up almost. You you almost pucker up a little bit because you know you just absolutely got to focus. And that small detail can throw a hitter off hugely when we're talking about facing some of the best pitchers in the league. So, uh, you know, letting the ball come to cargo and, and, again, putting the bat back on the ball is avoiding the strikeouts and trying to up that batting percentage a, a little bit. I mean, we all knew he was not going to bat in the, the mid-100s, but still, 219 right now, I mean, that's just not where cargo should be. He is a better hitter than that, and he knows that. But uh, talking to him in the clubhouse post-game, there's a lot of that mental that I pick up on, almost like uh, when talking to Tyler Chatwood in regards to his pitching, is that they love the game so much and they want to... They want. They don't want to. They want to be that guy to lead the team, and they 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 want to be that guy who hits the the game winning hit or uh, uh, is the the man who who really puts the the throat to the or the foot to the throat on the opposing team. And 
When in reality, again, this team is just so good right now, you don't have to swing for the fences. And uh, you just put the bat on the ball, up the batting average, you're improving the team that way. A strikeout just does you no good, and I think it goes back to the mental side of things with Cargo that has really affected him, and the root could be that contract situation. It very well could be. It's interesting to look at, the, especially to get an idea with the power. Uh, Alexei Amarista, a guy who's had over almost 1,700 at-bats in, in his six-year career, has 20 home runs in total. Carlos Gonzalez has a lot more than that. Carlos, of course, with 206 home runs in his career. This month, Alexei Amarista is out slugging. Carlos Gonzalez, even yeah. though we've seen the, the home runs and you've seen the distance, that's that's all well and good. But it, it, it's not panning out. They just the ball is not getting on the bat. And, and at a certain point, you have to wonder how much patience the Rockies will have in the last couple weeks or so. They've had an opportunity to play a young uh, Raymel Tapia, who's had an opportunity to come up and has uh, electric speed, a much better arm than people think. And the batting average has been there. He's played in 12 games this month so far, and he's 13 for 26, to help you with the quick math. That's 500 that he's hitting. So he's been able to actually provide a bit of a spark for the Rockies where Cargo has uh, failed, but it, it does feel as if this is a team that can't get to where they want to go in the long term that Carlos Gonzalez is getting right because there is just too much talent, specifically on the Dodgers. I mean, you're looking at a... A team that is absolutely loaded. And then, you know, welcome to the big leagues, Cody Bellinger, who already now has 21 home runs in 55 games. So uh, it will be fascinating to see where the Rockies go with this, this opportunity to now close out the homestand before they hit the road for nine games. That will be the second longest uh, road trip of the season. These are important to get. I think the Rockies need to find a way to get to a three. Uh, but it's also important to understand that the way they play you can be in second place, you can even be in third place, and the situation isn't that dire for the Rockies, but it does feel like you want to find a way to get these done at home. So we'll have an opportunity to break those down as well. Like I said, we'll be recording Thursday live at TAP14. You can go to TAP14.com, spell it out, find out everything about them. 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado Beers, 100 Distilled Colorado Spirits, everything up there is Colorado. Perfect place to go to cheer on your Colorado Rockies before or after, or heck, even if you don't have tickets, because guess what? It's filling up. 41000 a game now all of a sudden in Coors Field. You can go there and watch it there, too. Uh, we'll have an opportunity, as usual, every week to talk with uh, Ronnie. You can follow him at Twitter, Ronnie K Radio. He's the guy that's in the locker room talking to those players. Uh, unlike our, our, our friend Tony Kornheiser, you're watching the games. You're talking to these guys. You see it. And it's okay because, you know, not every team plays in the Eastern time zone. But it's not college football. Those pollsters don't get any vote power rankings guys don't like it it's still about getting the wins the rockies will try to get three uh, against arizona and then move on to another mo potentially monumental matchup with the la dodgers and we'll break that all down for you again so come on down thursday when we catch the recording so my name is sean drotar you can follow me on twitter at s drotar that's s-d-r-o-t-a-r you can always listen as well on mile high sports radio on with seven to nine a.m every day with my co-host nate lundy and you can listen to that either live in denver 1340 a.m 1047 FM or streaming at any time at milehighsports.com. So for Ronnie, I'm Sean. This is the Blake Street Irregulars. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new 5280 Sports Network production.